welcome to Sean and Dave Make Music. This month, we spoke with Matt Wixon, the songwriter and band leader of the Detroit punk band Matt Wixon's Flying Circus. He's got a unique style and voice that Dave and I both really appreciated and identified with immediately. I cannot get his songs out of my head, and I'm not mad at all. Matt's done an extensive amount of writing and performing over the past decade or so, touring nationally with his own band, and also getting to share the stage with the likes of the Flaming Tsunamis and the Suicide Machines. He talked about some of these experiences with us, as well as his songwriting process, and he provided some vocals for a new song of mine, which we will be premiering later in the episode. And just a heads up, in Sean and Dave Make Music First, our interview portion was recorded via conference call in three separate locations, so you may notice a slight lag in responses. So without further delay, here's a track entitled Wherever I End Up, followed by some of our conversation. It's off the 2016 Matt Wixon's Flying Circus record, About Time, available digitally or on vinyl at mattwixonsflyingcircus.bandcamp.com.
you so much for doing this. First of all, thank you so much for uh, contributing to my song and our podcast. And uh, thank you for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. And it's a good song. I'm, I'm glad that I get to be part of it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, obviously, you're a pretty prolific songwriter. Can you talk to us a little bit about what your songwriting process is like, uh, it, specifically starting from the seed of an idea? How do you capture the thoughts that flow out of your brain? Do you have a file in your phone that you write stuff down in all the time? Do you sit down with a guitar every time you go to write? Or what? what's that process like? So it's... It's a little bit different every time. Um, I'll answer the phone part first. The way that I keep track of lyrics or even just like little bits of song ideas is I just write emails. Like I'll type something up in Gmail and not send it. So if you look in my draft folders, <laughs> there's like a, there's a hundred something emails <laughs> that never got sent that are just lyrics. And I do that because I can go onto my computer or any computer and just log into my Gmail and those lyrics are there, which makes it easy. I can type them up while I'm working at work obviously working at work um i can type them up at work and then go back and look at my obviously pull them up at home as well um very smart i just lost a whole trove of lyrics because my phone just one morning suddenly wouldn't turn on and was yeah it's all about the cloud man that's the worst you gotta do the cloud (laughs) yep i fucked up (laughs) uh i don't nobody taught me that i just figured it out and it seems to work really well. So that's yeah. That's I had I'm about rolling. half of it copied onto Google Drive, but it, I did that so infrequently, like uploading stuff to the cloud that yeah, I missed a lot. Uh, I, I feel like I'm still working in the Stone Age. I'm always I've always got a spiral bound notebook of either manuscript paper or just writing ideas down on line notebook paper. <laughs> well, that's I mean that's my preferred way to work. If I'm at home and I'm trying to work on a song, I'll absolutely take pen to paper. That's it's so much more comfortable for me at least to do that. I'm really uncomfortable writing with paper. <laughs> really, <laughs> I don't know why. Um, like I, I can remember specifically the last time I wrote a song with a pen and it was because I was stranded at a, well, not stranded. Uh, I was on a tour and the van we were riding in broke down <clears throat> at a gas station. We stopped for gas and it wouldn't start. And we were right next to a KOA campground. So we just stayed in like these cabins, a cabin mm-hmm. uh, for the night while the van was getting fixed and we got super drunk and decided we were going to write songs and record whatever we could, like with cell phone video or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's the last time I wrote a song with a pen. And that was like <laughs> several, several summers ago. Wow. Crazy. I but, just, I, I, I need to be able to scratch things out and write big arrows and like, I, I don't know. I can't do that. On I'm obsessed phone. with the, the tactile feeling, um, like the the Ticonderoga number two, something about that kind of pencil, just like ideas flow much easier with that than with anything else. Wow, you really are in the Stone Age. You can't even get a mechanical pencil. That's I've got <laughs> mechanical pencils, but like if I'm writing ideas down, it's it's always got to be like a real pencil and like a good one, like or a good one is a dumb thing to say, but I mean like the Ticonderoga one for some reason, just the feeling of it for me, it's like oh yeah, now I can make something. <laughs> classic that's really interesting to me <laughs> honestly i can't relate and that's really fascinating yeah I, I hate using a pencil in general like i would i would always rather use a pen but i use a pencil most of the time because i'm writing on people's music or 
whatever as I teach lessons or writing on my own music. So I keep keep a uh, mechanical pencil with me pretty much wherever I am. So to get it, to step away from the the technology side, the way I actually turn something into a song or how a song starts is usually like. So in in college, I had a journalism class, and one of the things I learned in this journalism class was you're not just reporting facts, you have to have an angle. And for some reason, that stuck with me. So I'll try to find an angle, like a point of view, or some kind of like perspective, so I'm not just singing, like if it's a love song, it's just not, oh, you're so beautiful, oh, I love you. Mm -hmm. There's like there's a specific angle from a specific point of view that I'm trying to find. So usually it'll f- start with that or like, what if I tell it from this way or this like microcosm can kind of explain the whole thing or whatever. Um, and oftentimes when I write, I start with the first line, I'll figure out like something will stick in my head or I'll just accidentally write. That could be a lyric and I'll figure out how to sing it and interesting that's a melody and then i'll figure out what the next line is and i'm basically writing as i go (laughs) um and sometimes i'll do that with a guitar and like i'll hear a melody for these lyrics and figure out what kind of chords are going to go with it and typically i'll write music and words and you know melodies chords all that pretty much all at once and i start at the beginning of a song and end at the end of the song very interesting and unconventional yeah. right yes i'm I'm very well aware of that <laughs> yeah in- interesting but I, I i honestly work that way sometimes too uh it very rarely ends up being where you know i start at the beginning and end at the end i i'm always switching things around but like the the song that we worked on together that started with that first line and I had that first line for months and I just, I don't know why I liked it, but that's where that, how, where that song came from. Sometimes that happens. Um, and like, I can do that at work even like I, and I've done that at the last several jobs I've worked at where I could just be doing something mindless and something will pop in my head and when it's break time or lunch time, I'll rush to like type everything I remembered into my phone and I'll already have like a melody in mind. Um, like for instance, uh, the Matt Wixon's flying circus song, let's get sick. That entire mm-hmm. song was written in my head in about 15 minutes while I was stocking shelves. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's including the bass line and the drum parts and the gang vocals and everything. Like I just, all of it rushed into my head at once. And then at break, I typed everything in and sang, a, sang like the bass line into my phone, made a little recording so I'd remember it. And specifically wanted to rip off um, Daft Punk for part of the drums. And like it came <laughs> out basically like I heard it entirely in my head <laughs> when I showed it to That's my awesome. band. Yeah. Nice. The voice Very memo cool. is great. <laughs> it's oh, important yeah. because there's been times where I've written something like I've, I've had something in my head and I'm like, this is great. And then I won't remember what it is or I'll type up lyrics and I won't record what the melody is and I'll forget. And it's yep. so frustrating. So when I come yeah. up with something, I like have to make sure I make a note of what, what I was hearing in my head at the time. Yeah. I can imagine it's tough. And, and you were talking about, you know, starting with the perspective, I think that's an interesting thing. And it's probably necessary to keep things interesting at this point. You've written so many songs 
to you know keep it fresh when i when i put out the last album that i released i realized that the first word in three of the songs is i and i was like oh i guess maybe i should like be trying to make these a little bit different that way but it's something that happens i guess like i's yeah. a pretty I mean, common it makes sense you're singing a personal thing <laughs> absolutely well i mean part of the thing with the perspective is like you you can kind of like sometimes i feel like i'm writing as a character and i'm not like i'm not any good at storytelling i don't think like i can't i couldn't write a short story fiction anything like that but sometimes Hmm. like actually to to use let's get sick again like that sung from the perspective of somebody who can afford to be reckless with their health and fuck everybody who can't Mm -hmm. uh so so like that, I find that that's kind of a, a a way to avoid saying the same thing that a bunch of other people have said, and in the same way. It's like I can write fif- I can write fifteen songs about having a crush on somebody, and each one of them is like a different emotion that's involved with it, or a different like neurosis that's that's spawned from it. Or just like this is this is what it's like in this very very tiny bit. I'm gonna sing about just this small bit of what it feels like, or I'll sing about this big bit of like how this fits into the world or whatever. Um, and so that's it. Sounds a- like it's almost. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was, it sounds almost like acting. Like you, uh, it's an opportunity where you can kind of step outside yourself and try on different hats. I guess so. I mean, I still feel like it's it's my voice, but it's not always my perspective necessarily, or it's not always the entirety of my perspective, or it's an exaggeration of my perspective. Sure. Interesting. I feel like um, AJJ is kind of the master of that. Yeah. The, I Writing, writing from I, di- different perspectives. Do you feel there uh, an influence in you songwriting-wise? It's waned a bit. Like I've kind of diverged from the the AJJ path, but for a while, they definitely Sean's lyrics were definitely uh, influential. And like, I mean, cool. part in part, it was like some of his lyrics are like straight up grotesque, like kind of absolutely like emotionally upsetting. <laughs> uh, and that inspired me to try to do that. I don't think I was ever really successful. Um, but we've been working on a couple songs that were inspired by that from a while back. Uh, we being my band. Um, so maybe we'll have something that's a little more like that in the future. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, they're, they're fantastic and they have a, they, the perspective for one is like, he's, he's a fantastic storyteller Mm -hmm. and just paints a picture with the words. It's, I, I'm jealous. I'm envious of his songwriting ability. Me too. All right. So the next piece we have to present is a song that I wrote and the three of us collaborated on. It's called To the White Supremacists. And I started it a few months ago after I passed a gigantic swastika graffitied on my neighbor's garage. It was disgusting and appalling. And I had a visceral reaction. I couldn't help talking about it when I got to work. And when I did, uh, my co-workers informed me that there were a bunch of other uh, acts of vandalism on cars and buildings throughout the city of Coatesville, where we live, of other Nazi hate speech and Nazi symbolism. 
I'm, I had very strong feelings and I'm not very good at making elegant or thoughtful or poignant Facebook posts, but I think this song does a pretty good job of expressing how I feel uh, about this topic in general and kind of how I feel about the world, uh, happy and grateful about my own circumstances and my situation and angry at the world overall and the injustice of, of it. Uh, as far as the musical elements go, uh, I wanted it to sound distinctly American, and so I allowed myself to work with very simple chords and even kind of trite gestures at times. Um, and uh, the the late addition of a banjo lele uh, also, I think, is an element that adds to the kind of Americana vibe. Matt helped me out with the vocals and a little bit of percussion on this. He uh, sang lead on the second verse and harmonies on all of the choruses, and he did a bunch of background vocals in some other spots. Dave helped me develop the chaotic soundscape that accompanies the speaking part in the bridge. He did some lead guitar and uh, some guitar feedback work, and he gave me the idea of using my electric drill, which worked surprisingly well in this context. I think it kind of brought the whole thing together. I've also got to thank my good friend Zach Van Wy for doing drums on this. He's an excellent drummer, uh, and he's always down to collaborate, so I appreciate that. Uh, if you want to hear more of his drumming and more of his songwriting, actually, as well, you can check out his band Blush at blushisdumb.bandcamp.com. And one last disclaimer I just wanted to add is that I'm not trying to advocate physical violence in this song. I do use the word fight several times, but I want to make it clear that I'm talking about fighting with words and logic and music. So here it is to the white supremacists. Surprise at the swastika sprayed on my neighbor's 
So you're you were talking about to me uh, maybe this was obviously this was off the record, but about ideas involving that song "Let's Get Sick," which is more ska than punk, or you know more ska punk than straight punk. Yeah. Is is that a sound that you guys are kind of letting yourselves open up to a little bit more? I know you said to me before that you didn't want to be in a shitty ska band. <laughs> That's true. Well, but actually, when I we... feel like you could be in a really good ska band. The thing about being in a really good ska band is it's really hard to play good ska music. And and actually, like like my band has maybe three songs that could be accused of being ska songs. Um, but when we first started practicing, started trying to put a band together, our original plan was to take some of my ska songs I'd written back before the band and start a ska band based around them. And when we started mm-hmm. practicing them, we didn't sound good. So I'm like, I don't want to be that. We're going to have to do punk instead. Because punk, to be what honest, you is feel a lot like easier. The, what, you, what, what was not sounding good, just out of curiosity? It, the whole I thing mean, put together? T- to be honest... It's really like all three of us just didn't, it didn't click right. Like I wasn't, Hmm. I wasn't hearing the drum parts I thought should be there and the bass parts I thought should be there. And I've gotten really, I've gotten, I think worse at playing guitar (laughs) since when I used (laughs) to record acoustic ska songs, my hand just doesn't do that anymore. I've gotten lazy playing open chords most of the time. Uh, (laughs) And so I don't I don't know what it was like there's because ska music has to have the right rhythm and the right groove like I absolutely don't, I don't like ska music that doesn't have that it seems pointless you're just playing clean punk or whatever like that's not what that I want to do I want to do something that's dance music because that's what ska is and if it doesn't have the right groove it's not good and we just couldn't mm-hmm. get the groove right <laughs> but with like let's get sick that was a little bit out of the box when we did it. <clears throat> Sorry. And I think that was a, a f- three years ago, maybe now. Um, and I don't, honestly, I don't know how that ended up working. Uh, and I would love to do more songs like that. And I've been trying and I've always had it in the back of my mind. Like I'd like to try to do another little bit of ska or reggae influence in our songs. But it's hard to do it in a way that fits us now, I think, because we've found we've like, I think we're (laughs) when three or four years ago and the three years or so before, we're in a very good band. (laughs) Uh, But I think we kind of came into our own, like we know what works well for us and it's hard to find Scott and reggae music to blend into what works well for us. And so that's kind of the struggle now. Mm. Okay. So you've done a pretty extensive amount of touring. Do you have a favorite experience that you've had on the road or a favorite show that you've played or anything like that? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know. And, and spe- I mean, specifically, specifically with, let's say specifically with uh, the Flying Circus, not counting suicide machines or tsunamis. Well, that makes well, the question okay. easier I or think, harder. <clears throat> yeah, it's a little bit easier. <laughs> um, I think one of my f- favorite memories is just from last summer. Um, we played in New Brunswick, New Jersey, 
nice. on a Tuesday night in a basement, like a punk house basement. Those are my favorite. With kind the of best shows. of the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with with the band, the best of the worst, who are a gnarly like ska core band, and Vic Ruggiero from the Slackers. Oh, nice. Like we had a house show with the with those bands and us. Oh, that's awesome. And a. Uh, some friends from New York and Long Island came out and a bunch of people I've known for like a decade from New Jersey came out and it was just like a bunch of friends hanging out in this weird, like unconventional place with like a really sick lineup. And that was one of the things that just, it, that's the kind of show that makes your tour. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, like, it wasn't, it wasn't even the biggest show. Sting basement playing like blues songs. <laughs> and slacker songs was just magical to me yeah the first time i saw vic play solo uh like was in new york opening for bomb the music industry and it was in this this small place in long island there were not that many people there and it was just like i had seen the slackers a couple more times and obviously a slackers show is such a different experience and it was i was just blown away by like the energy that he brought to that acoustic guitar and his little feet drums and yeah that he put on a crazy crazy good show by himself yeah well actually since we're talking about the slackers the slackers are uh, i'm pretty comfortable saying they're my favorite band and a couple years ago we got to do like a a leg of a tour with them like we did a few dates with them in the midwest and the first show we played yeah it was fantastic um the first show we ended up playing with them was in cleveland and that was the first time our band had ever played in Cleveland. And the only time I played solo in Cleveland before that was like nine years before that. So like we, nobody there had any business knowing who we were, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was a slacker show. So they brought people out and they, I think it was a sold out show, like 500 something people. And we got on stage playing punk music, opening for, you know, a reggae band, ska band and to and to a packed audience that had no interest and no idea who we were and didn't come there for punk music and we killed it and that was an amazing feeling that was like the first time i realized my band is a pretty good opening band (laughs) we're probably we're probably a fine headlining (laughs) band when we do that as well but like we i think we've we found a spot where we're engaging enough to strangers that we can liven up a show even if they don't know who we are. And that's something I'm very proud of. Oh, yeah. So kind of uh, the last, I think probably the last main topic I wanted to talk a little bit about was uh, activism, because that's obviously a huge part of your your band and your perspective. Uh, you make a conscious effort to, you know, make that a part of your band, which not everyone does and not everyone needs to do. Um but other than what goes into your songs, what other types of activism are you involved in? Lately, well, <laughs> about a year and a half ago, right around the time of the Democratic primaries, I got my heart kind of broken by politics. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and, like, it's been... Like it's it's kind of a turnoff. Like I still like I've I've been to protests and marches. Um, like I went with a bunch of my with my mom and some cousins and my aunt to the women's march right after the inauguration this year. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've been to protests about 
like when they announced that Muslim ban, we did a march in Hamtramck, Michigan, which is the first city in America with a Muslim majority city council. Oh, wow. And, and we were surrounded. I was, <laughs> I was holding up a little handmade sign that said, shut the fuck up, Donnie. And like <laughs> this little, this little girl, like this six, like six year old Bangladeshi girl, like looked at my sign and smiled and like, just gave me like this. We made eye contact and like, she smiled at me. I'm like, this is, I'm really happy that I could do that for her because this is a terrible place <laughs> for you to be living right now. And I feel really bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm lazier than I should be. And a lot of it is I think because that describes I, every single one of us. Well, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and part, but part of it is legitimately like, I, I, I tried, like, my band played several benefit shows for the Bernie Sanders campaign, and I was, like, volunteering hard. I was knocking on doors and going to, like, big public events with flyers and shit. Um, and, like, I, I put a lot of effort into it. And to my credit, he won Michigan. Uh, but, like, after that whole thing went, like, real shitty uh, with the primaries, I just was like, man, nothing I do is going to matter and like that that's kept me down for a, a bit yeah I, I i understand that completely takes it takes some time to lick wounds and to come back <laughs> for yeah. sure and and with what you know every news day it's something completely different that that hits you in some way at least me yeah but yeah definitely I <laughs> yeah yeah, I, I don't really know. There's not much else that can be said about our current political climate that hasn't already been said on a podcast. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm, I know I'm not breaking any new ground here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you and I have probably a, a pretty decent shared listening history and influence list, but are there any bands, Scott or punk, that you feel really passionate about that you think that you'd want to recommend to me or our listeners or all of us that you think I maybe haven't heard of before? Man, that's a, that's a tall order. <laughs> um, God, actually off the top of my head, this is going to sound probably a little bit disingenuous, but my brother, my younger brother uh, is also a musician, a songwriter and He's got a band right now called Young Hunger, and they're fantastic. It's like kind of pop punk, um, kind of just sure. punk punk. I don't know. Um, they're very good, and they're the second best band he's ever been in, and the first best band he's ever been in was Frank White. And they had to change their name to Blackjack Wilson, which is a shittier name. But if you find Frank White or Blackjack Wilson music, it's fantastic. It's hooky. And they are basically just trying to rip off Rancid like crazy ass bass solos and gruff vocals. Uh, and it's just. It was uh, Blackjack what? Blackjack Wilson. Blackjack Wilson. Yeah, I'll definitely check those out. Uh, it's They have like just gang vocals all over the place, uh, which is been like his band was a big influence on like why we have so many gang vocals and sing-alongs in our songs now is because like man yes. frank white could was just killing it with that so like i'm i'm very much aware that like my my kid brother's punk band is an influence on mine 
Um, and they have a song. If you're going to listen to one song, find their song uh, "Live Forever." That's okay. the it's it's the best punk song Detroit's ever produced. It's not by the Suicide Machines. Um, my band has covered it on and off. I think we even played it at our first show, which coincidentally we were playing with the Suicide Machines at our first show. It, they were a secret band, but we still did that. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. Um, yeah, it is insane. It was also a house show. It was a, a We Are the Union record release show with the Suicide Machines as a secret guest. That's cool. They're on my list of ones that I haven't seen and want to. The Suicide Machines? Yeah, I've never seen Suicide Machines. Well, you should come to see them at the Supernova International Ska Festival over Memorial Day weekend in Virginia. Uh, my my band is also playing, even though we're not really a ska band, but the Suicide Machines are playing, and so are MU330 and Westbound Train and a shitload of incredible bands. Yeah. I've actually never seen cool. MU330 either. They're on my list too, so I might need to they do that. Be. I have a I have a buddy in Virginia who is very very into ska, so uh, I might. It's need like to hit him up I and... think it's like an hour maybe south of DC. It's oh, a weekend that's not thing. bad at all. No, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's in Fredericksburg. I went this past year. It was probably the best weekend I've ever had with music. Um, yeah, I should. I and, should and next year, that. next year I get the pleasure of playing and we'll see how we hold our own against like some of the biggest names in ska music half of like the specials are going to be there really um it's it's, well you definitely are going to pull out your three ska songs right yeah well see that's what we've been (laughs) lately we've been talking about trying to do ska music specifically so that we have something to pander a little bit at the festival (laughs) but again like if we play what we've been playing, we'll play a great set and people will like it. So if we're going to add ska music, it has to be that same caliber. And that's where we're having trouble figuring out how to do that. Next up, we have a complete change of style for you. This is an improvisation that Dave and I recorded. It features me on flute and Dave on djembe. And we set no parameters for this. Dave started playing, then I joined in.
When I was listening over your albums, uh, on Jeffy, uh, there was a tune that the title immediately grabbed me, uh, People of Z-World Relax. Were yeah. you referencing Tom Robbins there? <laughs> Absolutely, I was. That's not an accident. That was... Tom Robbins is my favorite author. See, yeah, here's the, I, if you looked on my bookshelf, I own every, every book of his, but that was actually like the last book that I just read of his. It was this summer. It was one that I had never gotten around to, and it was like... Fresh in my mind, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I think you're honestly the first person to ever bring that up. And that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that, that was uh, my English teacher in high school turned me on to Tom Robbins um, probably around junior years. That's been a, a long love. Tom Robbins and then that read to, led to um, Christopher Moore. If I was looking for the same kind of humor, but like just a quicker read. Yeah, um, I, I've, I, I've I love seen his way with words. I've seen Christopher Moore's name around... Um, if you want more than Christopher Moore and Tom Robbins, also look up Tony Vigorito. He's he's also that, he's a student of Tom Robbins as well. Oh, so you said it was Tony? Tony Vigorito, V I G O R I T O. Sweet. Yeah. yeah, I'll definitely look into it. Yeah, Tom Robbins is my favorite author. I don't own all of the books, but I've read all of them. I own like half of them. <laughs> um <laughs> And yeah, his Reading his books almost kind of spoiled reading fiction for me because nobody really can compare to his use of language. Like everything, oh, yeah. everything is like everything is just bland and gray compared to the way he uses words. <laughs> yeah, there's just certain certain images that he sets up that just forever, you know, like things like he'll say like moonlight, but he'll describe it as toilet paper hanging from trees or like just little things that just stick forever it kind of crystallize it's great <laughs> yeah it's one of those things where like you're just reading like a description of the sunset and you want to go back and read it again because you're like how the fuck did he come up with that metaphor <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah completely <laughs> um cool but yeah no that's great i'm just i was glad to see a, another tom robbins fan um yeah, I, I don't know if I have any other specific questions, but I, I do got to say, I mean, your your music is fantastically catchy, and I, I mean that in a good way. Some people say that in, like, you know, the shitty comment to say, but I mean, like, genuinely, you have great, great hooks. Like, many of these melodies are already stuck in my head, and I've only been acquainted, you know, the last week with your music. It's really great stuff. Well, I appreciate it, and I don't take that as any sort of slight or insult because I legitimately like pop music. Um, <laughs> there are definitely parts of songs where I can, that I can point to and be like, that was inspired by Rihanna because Rihanna's got shit that gets stuck in your head. And I wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the fact that I'm able to, I'm very grateful for, but I'm definitely not ashamed of it. Oh yeah. No, it's a, it's a definite skill. That's, I mean, like with the, the love of pop music front, I, every, I, I teach music theory classes and one of my favorite lessons every year is teaching the lesson where I, uh, w teach them the minor scale, but introduce it through single ladies without them realizing it at first. And we, <laughs> they, they learn how to sing the song in major, then in minor, and then you present it the way it is where it's mixing the two. That's amazing. And, uh, it's always tons of fun. <laughs> that I wish I had nice. you as a music teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Move to PA. We'll, we'll teach you music. <laughs> Noted.
<laughs> um, actually, just also, we wanted to post at least one or two of your tracks on this episode. Is that cool? Yeah. Um, and I, I was you thinking if you're okay it. with it. No, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. <laughs> okay, I was going to say show. if you're okay with it, uh, I think it would be fun to present one uh, circus song and one of your solo songs. Okay. Would that be okay? Or would you rather... That would be, be perfectly fine songs. with me. If that's what you want right. to do, that's what you want to do. I'm happy with that. Cool. I like my solo songs and I like my band songs. All right. You know do what? You have, do you have I, a preference? I I do not. I would love to see what you pick, actually. <laughs> All right. Do you want me to tell you what my picks would be, or? Be well, okay. <laughs> Let me. Yes. Why don't you tell me? <laughs> All right. Uh, for the solo song, I would definitely pick. Uh, if we let ourselves perfect and i would say for the band songs probably fig jam or wherever i end up either of those are good all right i trust you i trust you you have good taste i guess (laughs) (laughs) i mean they're my songs but those are the ones i i don't feel embarrassed by so good choices For our last selection, we're going to leave you with Matt's solo acoustic tune, If We Let Ourselves. This is off his album entitled On Love, and it's available on Bandcamp. The first thing I ever wanted was attention. I wanted to be liked and to fit in. Tried to hide the fact that I was different So I acted like a shitty little kid Then the doctor gave me pills for my depression But I don't really remember how they felt Took them on and off through adolescence But they never got me closer to myself Well, I took Marie's affection Never really gave it back It was selfish desperation And I still feel bad for that But she's happy now and married to another guy named Matt. We're getting better if we let ourselves. The second thing I ever wanted was understanding. To know the world and what role I should play. I wrote a couple hundred songs and counting And met everyone I know along the way Every person held a small piece of my future Either something to absorb or to reject I'm a product 
of a billion bits of culture With a crucial little dash of self-respect Well, I took my friend's affection Though it mattered less and less If I went my true direction They would see me at my best Finally I learned to trust the muscle beating in my chest We're getting better if we let ourselves I remember when I realized I loved you I had never known the meaning of the I'm embarrassed to admit that it was tough to Not just run away for fear of getting hurt But you helped me break the last piece of my wall down And I'd like to think I'm helping you out too I can say with certainty once and for all now The third thing I ever wanted was you You have all my affection And I know that I have yours And that's comfort and protection From the pain that we've endured while I have my doubts of many things I've never felt so sure We're getting better if we let ourselves We'll be forever if we let ourselves Thank you so much for listening to Sean and Dave Make Music, and thanks again to our guest, Matt Wixon. Please go check out his material. Uh, don't limit yourself to the stuff that's on Spotify. There's lots of great stuff on Bandcamp as well. Just search for his name or his band, Matt Wixon's Flying Circus. You can find them basically everywhere you find music on the internet. Also, if you like our show, please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes and like us on Facebook. And if you have any suggestions for uh, improvisations you'd like us to do, guests you'd like us to interview, collaborations you'd like to hear, please send us an email at seananddavemakemusic at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next month with a new guest. Bye.